0: There you are. I tilted this this way so I could try to keep the majority of you in my Um, I feel really calm, actually. Interestingly enough, I thank you for that blessing right here in the worship. Two of my all-time favorite songs you sang. So. And I didn't even know you were speaking when I picked them mm-hmm. I absolutely love Place It For You. I heard it during a hard time in our family's life. First time I ever heard that song. So, anyways, go ahead and get this crying over with. <laughs> um, I mean, just tears of um, vulnerability. That's really all it is. All right, so. Oh gosh. The song just dug it out, Debbie. <laughs> okay so when mike called me and asked me if i wanted to share on mother's day weekend he first wrote hey you want to share just a little bit about mothering or mothers and then i never answered him and he broke me back a little later and he said hey we talking more about talking and so i called him real quick and i was like hey you know a minute ago you said a little line about mothering and now it sounds like, like i said well what are you gonna do <laughs> nothing <in> that <laughs> that's a big difference from the first question but like a lot of things in my life I've learned that um, it's just easier to go ahead and say yes you know um, I've learned for me personally that when the phone rings or it's just easier like I just feel like if God puts it in front of me then he's probably gonna equip me to do it so I said sure i will talk about Mother's Day or Mother's or whatever we want to talk about this weekend so I think the title of my, my working thing for tonight is just the essence of mothering I didn't know what else to say so just in a nutshell, um, I think mothers see, they feel, they intuitively know somehow. Um, I always felt like growing up, my mama had eyes in the back of her head, like she just knew before I did something you know, or I had a problem. Um, they have our backs. Um, they're life givers, obviously. To be a mother, you, may have, you would have birthed life. Um, but more than that, I think that we have a unique opportunity to speak life over people. So the essence of a mother is is, um, our mouths give life on a daily basis. Um, We call forth life. Um, Try to think right now like someone that spoke prophetically over you just recently. Someone that would have called out something that was unseen in yourself that you didn't know. Um, You'll be great. You're amazing. You look beautiful today. Debbie yeah, said, you got this, Mary Catherine. I'm so proud of you. These are some of the things that um, I think we have the opportunity to call forth when, when God places people in our paths to love on. But some of us obviously didn't have much um, time on earth with our moms. Um, some of us have unspeakable broken places from wounds that run deep and that are ongoing. God allows me to, God has allowed me over the last couple years to simply see um, how he sent an army of women to love on some of the broken ladies that he put in my life. And I can't tell you how many times a girl would have said at Doors of Hope, Um, I didn't have a mom, but God sent me ten more in her place, or my mom's gone, God has sent these ladies to be my mother. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about real quick tonight, just a fast version of um, the, um, what happened with me. And I'm just going to sum it up with the whole essence of mom. Um, the first mama in the book of the Bible starts in Genesis, and her name was Eve, right? And God sent Adam a what? A helper. And the word that I learned at some point from Beth Moore or somebody said that uh, that lady, that word for helper is ezer, ezer, I think it's how it's pronounced. It's been translated over years. There's 21 times in the Bible that it actually refers to Azer as um, military um, in, in the battlefield. Um, later on, other people have described that word as meaning strength. I even read some commentary that talked about an equal, that God sent a strong Azer to be Adam's helpmate. So the essence of who Eve was back then, I think, was a strength, a warrior her essence of the mother that she'd become, and the life that they would have to leave, the hard outside of the garden. Um, Let's see. So, as I was moving on in my journey one day, I woke up and I realized, wow, like I feel like I have a purpose. And I think about people that have been mothers, they feel purpose. Some people that don't get to be moms don't feel purpose. I think in a nutshell, as you love on people, and you let them into your life, you begin to find a calling. You feel purpose to get up, you feel purpose to answer the phone, and one time I turned around and I realized, wow, you know, this is more than feeling purpose to go help someone out. It's turning into a calling, and people began to talk to me about, like, you're called to do this, and I'd say, well, your calling just finds you. But, like, I didn't go looking for it, right? Um, I wanted to ask you guys tonight, like, what are some of the things that come easy to you that you feel purposed in that you do that's, that's an easy flow? It might be for my husband, coffee on Fridays someone else in the room, it might be leadership in your school. Um, When you're looking for what you're called to do and a purpose, it might look like something that's just simple, an easy yes. And for me it did turn into um, a calling. Um, So my small small yeses led to passion uh, for freeing those that were caught up in cycles of defeat. Um, It was never something that I said, let me pray about that, like I'm not really sure, I don't know if I know how to, it was just one um, unsolvable problem. God would always turn around and open a door of an army of people that somehow could help um, love, love a solution into place. And so as a result, <laughs> I've got to see endless miracles. Um, so, what was frustrating, yeah. What was frustrating and hard for me sometimes is people would come up and, and yeah. I just felt, uh, like they may have felt, I'm just projecting, ina- inadequate that they would say, you know, I don't have that, or I'm gonna do that, and, and it just felt like an awkward tension, and so I think that's what I wanted to kind of come to you tonight, that, that for me, it was an accidental yes, that led into a passion, that led into an obvious calling, and now God has taken me just a little bit deeper, and he's showing me that really all of that was bundled under a word called anointing, and I love that he used that like twice, but that's what I came to talk about tonight. So like, am I anointed, Lord? Are y'all anointed? Who gets to be anointed, right? And then I'm laughing because it's like this anointing oil in here, you know. So we're just going to fly through some scriptures really quick. And I I, kind of skipped ahead on the reveal of the anointing thing I'm going to speak about. But going back to being called, um, um, I'm going to just touch back on this. I wrote a few verses about being called. He says, I've begun a a new work in you. And I want to say, I've begun a new calling in you. God uh, plans on seeing it to your finished best. I, I can't tell you how many times I've stood in, in that um, that even when things don't work out or there was hard things that things ended hard that I know that God started a good work in me through loving on them and he's going to see it through to his finished best. If that makes sense. Um, so I want to say to you all night if you swallowed up Jesus, then you've been called and you've been set apart too, right? So you've been set apart. Um, I also want to tell you that your calling doesn't usually uh, line up with how you feel at all. Like, it usually doesn't. Um, the calling looks like it's up here and the feeling of advocacy is <coughs> up down here. All right? And The more you step out and, and you do the hard, the easier and the more equipped you feel and the faster you call, he aligns and other people will come alongside. Um, when I wrote that down it reminded me of a person that um, taught me a lot about business and she said you know sometimes you have to act as if and so I think like as you're stepping out and you're figuring out what God has you to do even if the feelings aren't there you need to step out in your calling or in this anointing we're about to discuss and as if and then these feelings of uh, the reality is it all works out Um, And I think the peace that came over me as I stepped up here, I felt very inadequate to stand here tonight, but the calm that I felt inside my body tells me that as I began to set my mind that that as if I could do this, that he asked me to do this, that I have within me what you needed to hear. um, It kind of uh, settled me and I didn't feel so inadequate. Um, So there's some things happening in my life right now. Some chapters are are closing. um, Things that I've loved to do the the last six years um, at Doors of Hope I feel like God has really made it really clear. He's like, you know, it's time to move on, move on. But Lord, I mean, I'm purposed for this. I'm good at this. I, you know, I love this. We we've, we've done this. But it, it it's become really clear over the over the last handful of months that um, He's telling me that ship is sailing. And so I spent some time talking to Jesus about it, and I thought about how in the Old Testament, um, when God moved, right, He literally moved the tent and the ark and all the stories. When he moved, he always spoke. We we serve an articulate God. Like he didn't just like move without them and left them back here. And they're like, where did he go? He, he gave them commands. He he spoke to them in audible ways. And in the Old Testament, it said the Holy Spirit was upon them, like in the New Testament. And I asked, okay, Lord, how are you speaking to me? Like I feel like you're moving me in a new direction. So what are you asking me to do? And um, I'll use Mike as an example with this with this appointment, this divine yes to stand here at this podium. Um, I had literally been talking to the Lord about it. like I feel like I'm supposed to tell some stories. I, maybe I'm supposed to talk to some people about the things that I've seen and experienced and done. And then he says, hey, you wanna stand up? share?" Yes. Not 12 hours from when I finally said yes, I woke up to this long text feed and Michael and I got to meet a man from Alabama not too long ago and we had shared a little bit about our journey. and. And I just did what I do, and I just ran my mouse and talked, and and it, it made an impact. And so he called, he texted me, and asked for us to come to Alabama and talk to some people. He's gathering um, some people that he feels are important to him to one I want, what God is birthing in him in in North Alabama. But it was the affirming things that he wrote alongside, where he had realized what I had said, and then and had taken those words to heart, and then automatically used them. So within 12 hours, to me, like I mean, I'm like, okay, God, you've asked me to speak. Man says this is good, so I think he he, he does when he causes a shift and a movement in your life, even if it doesn't make sense. He's gonna he's a speaking God, and he uses our people, you people, to speak truth. If you listening, if you're willing to look, um, I wish I could just remember everything I wanted to say, so I have to look at these papers. So, so I looked up anointing. This oil anointing. Um, it said smear or rub with oil, high priests were anointed by oil, consecrate, to bless, to ordain hallow. See, they used um, anointing oil to consecrate kings. In Genesis thirty-one thirteen is where it first appeared that they anointed a pillar and they made a vow with Jacob. So the first time that word ever appeared in the Bible was in regards to a vow. Um, so just kind of hang on the word consecrate and, and, and bless and ordain, just remember those. Um, some of the oils they used were myrrh, cinnamon, and uh, of olive oil, cane, um, and it, it goes on to say in Exodus 30:22 um, that this would be a sacred oil. So, so I think it's, in, I'm a cook, so I just think in my kitchen, like if God told me, like a bit of myrrh, you know, sugar cane or something, and the cinnamon, and you're just like, okay Lord, they're just objects, right? It's it's what he told them to do. And in the obedience and the order of what they did, they began to mix this oil. And he goes on to say that uh, it would be a sacred oil. They said, you're going to anoint the tent of the meeting, the ark of the testimony, the tables and all their articles, the lampstand, altar, the incense, the burnt offerings, and you will consecrate them so that so that they will be most holy. Not just holy, but most holy. And anyone that touches them will be holy. Alright, so we're going to build on that. We're going to think about what I'm going to, I'm trying to explain is that we have an anointing and that anointing is found where? Like in us. So everybody, if you have a Bible or you want to turn to First John 2, that's kind of the anchor verse that this conversation came from. That's not First 1 John 2, as I can't see, I forgot my <laughs> Okay. this has happened recently. All <laughs> oh, my older friends laughed at me and I'll make fun of them now. Oh yeah. Uh, happens, happens too old. You. you gotta turn your head just right or it moves and grows and you feel dizzy. All right. all right, all right, all right. All right, so 1 John 2, we're gonna kinda hang around verse 20 to the end of that. Um, hold on to this, it says, your anointing is real, and remains in you, hold tight, it is real, stand firm. So let's read it. starting with verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. So, how many of us know the truth? All. I do not write this to you because you do not know the truth. Like he's saying, duh, common sense, you already know what you know, but just on the off chance you don't get it. The Holy One wants you to know that you know all the truth. And because you know all of it, because No lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Now this is my main part. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. I think he's wanting us not to doubt just the smallest whispers that we learned as a child. The little truth that you've learned from the beginning remains in you. And if it does, you also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about what all things And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has been taught to you, remain in him. Like, that's a lot of words, but do you hear a pattern? Right? That we have received an anointing. It's already in there. It doesn't say, like, you need to take this and accept it and activate it. It, He's saying saying that this Holy Spirit, to me, this is what I hear, um, that you have an anointing and you've received it, and it is is truth. And I think that um, that's probably the... The biggest thing I could tell you through this accidental purpose that led to a calling that I'm now thinking, Lord, has this been wrapped the whole time in an anointing that I didn't even know that I have and that you all have? Um, Because things would just come out of my mouth, and I would say things, and I'd be like, how did I know to say that? It's because the wisdom, God gives you all the wisdom that you need, and uh, I didn't need to go to some school for somebody to teach me how to love. I mean, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Um, and then feeling inadequate in that And then feeling kind of prideful about that And then trying to be humble about it Like okay Lord I'm just going to wear it Like you've given me all that I need To love God and love others And step out in the solutions That, um, that you've called um, and, and I liked also in that verse It says since my first breath It remains in me So again who is the anointing from?
1: The Holy One
0: um, But here's the trick you usually don't um, usually don't see it. Like for me, for years, I guess if it's if it's been in there. Um, I live like a broken Jesus girl. You know, knowing the Savior, believed in Jesus, but the lived and lived damaged. Like too good, too bad, or broken, or whatever to make a difference. Too inadequate. I can't read. I mean, I'll tell you how bad Satan got on me. I couldn't even spell anointing right on my paper. <laughs> it's silly right but it broke something in me it's still not healed you know like how am I going to get there and talk about a word I can't spell I'm like oh wait a minute that's the whispers of someone that does not deserve to be named Amen. Amen. it's just lame and I had to check myself at the desk last night I'm like what does it matter if I can't spell the word if I put too many N's I remember the, the I before the O y'all aren't going to see my paper. Right? I had to look it up. And that's how it came. when I looked up how to spell it, I was like, well, we should look up the definition. So I got used it. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, okay. So after I wrote that, that I was sitting here living out of, you know, an inadequacy, if you will, um, I realized I can't operate out of what I don't know. You can't operate and what you don't know you have. So if you don't know you have it, you can't use it. So I'm here to tell you, Renee, and everyone in the room, like I, I'm new to this. Like, you may already have figured this out, that you've got this Holy Like, I believe, like, I swallowed up Jesus I was indwelled with His Holy Spirit, but to say that I felt like I had an, like an anointing which to me is deeper than a calling I wouldn't go there with you on that. I mean, it wasn't too many years ago that I believed that I didn't have all the Holy Spirit that I needed, that like Beth Moore was more spirited it up and that, that if you'd been an ordained preacher person you know that that you might know more and that like I literally thought like Debbie's prayers might be um, a little they they might bend his ear a little more because I didn't quite understand so I want you to know that that you have it that you have this um anointing on your life so you may have to act as if even if you don't feel like it um my next train of thought from there was um, like God didn't create any person, that he didn't put a value way down inside of him. What that sink in. Because we live in a society that ranks value all day long. Like I'm valuable if I work harder, if I do right, if I don't mess up. Um, so you wanna be around people so that will call out your giftedness. And Deb started doing this with me a long time ago when I really first lived in life with her. I had this really big problem about apologizing all the time. I don't do it much anymore, but I go, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Even when I went to yoga not too long ago, I didn't feel adequate to be in there, and I'm apologizing to people as I'm moving my mat around. <laughs> I'm sorry. Went on to Kroger's, and that little inadequacy feeling led me to Kroger's, and I apologized to this lady as I went around her, and about three hours later, apologizing to her, she said, stop apologizing for being in Kroger's. <laughs> when God is shifting in your life, when He's moving in your heart, and He's trying to change a pattern of thinking. It doesn't have to be, "We're not going to do this calling anymore. We're going to do something different." No, I'm just talking about um, characteristics and things that He's changing in me. He He is a speaking, articulate God, and He used a yoga mat experience and a lady in Kroger's to get my attention. So you want to be around people that um, are going to call out your gifted anointingness. Deep inside of you, but I want us to know that I feel like mine has been pressed down below mistakes, negative words, brokenness, broken places, abuse, misuse, and tragedy. So, um, the enemy knows clear and well what my anointing looks like, and he does not want me to figure out how shiny it is. Does he? He doesn't want Retenti to know how shiny her anointing is either. So, you got to dig it out? And I mean, literally, let's go with the whole planting that you've been discussing, you know. You know, in the earth, you need to unearth something, unearth these patterns of thinking. Because your anointing is powerful. And when we realize this, I think this is when the verse applies that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And sometimes we just say those things, and that's okay because we don't feel it, but we're going to act as if. We're gonna act as if Revelation one six. That's another verse that I found. These some of these verses that I, I feel led to share. It came from um, a conference I got to sit in, and you, I, I'm always taking notes, and I never go back to them. But I have been going back to them over the you know the last six months or years, so that's where some of these um, thoughts originated from. Revelations one. Success to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom priest a priesthood to him be the glory and the power forever Amen. so now I've read these verses in 1 John 2 that's telling me I have this anointing it comes from the Holy One it is found in me I know all truth right and then you get down here to Revelation and he's calling me a part of the priesthood mean, so to me that's like I've accepted it I've accepted my shininess I've got my I've got my game my game clothes on. Because to me, priests wear like what? robes So like I'm visually seeing myself now. Like, okay, I'm gonna stand up under this, what he has spoken to me. In Acts 2.17, you wanna turn there you can. Acts two seventeen says I don't know if i look that one up. I wrote it down. I had it, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. So so now, let's put them all together, right? Holy one, has been anointing me. I'm accepting it, I'm believing it, I'm digging it out under all the lies and the smallest of things that hold it back. I know that I'm in a priesthood, and I'm dressed and clothed as if he sees me. And I know that I come from Eve, azer Ezer, Ezra that has a life, the life giver that speaks life with her mouth. She's a strong helper. Mm-hmm. And I can prophesy. Sons and daughters. This is figuratively for all of us. I know I've hit the mom thing for a minute, but hopefully the guys in the room have picked up that I'm talking to you too.
1: So anointing comes
0: with power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaritan and all the ends of the earth that is our promise to kind of anchor all this with action Matthew 28 says and Mike talks about it all the time so go therefore make disciples of all nations as you go baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit So I, I love since we started the refuge that church for me and Jesus is a lot more intimate and simple summed up. Love God. Love others. Go. Just go. Just go and begin to see people, nurture people, and make disciples. Not get it right. Don't not mess it up. Um, Thank goodness he doesn't say say those things. So um, kind of just at the end. So. <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop. Don't quit. Go um, I just kept writing notes that, you know, again, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit had to be on them. And now in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is filling. Mm-hmm. That God anointed me to do good works. In Ephesians 2.10, his workmanship, you pre, pre let's look that one up. Because I've, I've not I've got my words right. Who wants to look that one up for me, Ephesians? anybody? I'm not sure where Ephesians is. Ephesians 2.10 says, and we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So he prepared them in advance. <coughs> he created me with a purpose, despite the circumstances that I would experience on this earth. That he put unique gift that we're all gifted. Flat out. I mean, do you see any inequality? Is that the word? English lady. Any inequality, like unequal? How do you say unequal? Yeah. Like inequality. 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 So like in all the things that I've read, do you see any unfairness? Who heard? Um, inadequate, un, unequal. No. It's all these all or nothing words. Like, this is the time all or nothing thinking is very good. <laughs> right? This is where we can just live on one polar end of the spectrum. Um, so he prepared me in advance. And I think I believe that. I think my mom taught me that. That you know, you were created for a purpose, that you know, that, that God knew he needed a Mary Catherine to be here on this earth. Like I, I do think I knew that, but I don't know if I felt any, you know adequate to accept the things that he's asked me to do. And then 2 Timothy 1 says, I am to flame, I am to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. And through laying on of hands, he didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. You just take all this that I've just shared with you and kind of wrap it up. So I have the confidence, I have the authority to stand under the fact that he's called me anointed, that he sees me at my finished best. There was somewhere in my notes that I wrote that when he saw um, when Andrew found Jesus, the first person he ran to was like his brother, this person. And he brought his brother back, and his brother's name was Simon. And as soon as Jesus, I didn't see much like meet and greet going on right there. I didn't see like Jesus talk to him and be like, let me talk to you about the things you've done wrong, and let's Confess our sins. Like he just looked at him and he called him Cephas or something, Cyphus? which means Peter. And I, what I know about Peter is he hasn't been that solid as a rock of a rock in the in the New Testament. Some of his things were kind of rocky. His behaviors, right? And he would go on to be the rock foundation, right, of the church when the, when Jesus went up and left us with the Spirit of God. He would use that and um, transform many. So I love how that I think that God has even given us a new name. So I'll just end on that. These are all the things that have been rattling in my head, and I pray that somehow something sticks, that somehow there was a train of thought that you could jump on and, and you could ride for a minute. Um, but I, I am challenging you. Like yeah, I really want you to get it with me, that, that you are were, you were called out, that... that um. That he sees you at your finished best. That you have a unique purpose on your life. And um, that you were set apart and you were created for such a time as this. That your life matters immensely. Um, And I guess that's it. So can I pray for us? Okay. (laughs) Because I was going to do that in the beginning and I forgot. (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for um, divine appointments. God, thank you for the smallest of willing yeses, Lord, that lead into mighty things that we would so have been afraid of if we could have only seen where those yeses would take us. Jesus, I pray right now that um, the words that have left my lips have been honoring and glorifying to you, or they would be found in the hearts that are open and full of receiving. Lord, I pray that whatever word came to mind when I described some of the things that have held down my anointing, Lord. Whether it be brokenness, abuse, whether it be um, shame, embarrassment, feelings, Lord, or inadequacy. God, whatever the thing is, that you would help someone just leave that in this room today. Because um, that is for you to take, Lord. And so that we would just have a glimpse and a, and a vision of the name that you've called us, Lord. And how you see us, Jesus, Lord. Um, you would just give us in our mind, in our body, in our soul, and our spirit, Lord. Um, you would give us an, an, an awareness that we can't hardly stand. God, and that we would be simply obedient to good actions our feet, that we step forward, Lord, in truth and in wisdom and the calmness that you've given us. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' holy name that I pray. Amen. Yes. Amen.